Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. The true test of a human being is how they relate to being inconvenienced, to doing things that they don't necessarily want to do. Can you engage in that work the same way you engage with something that you love? Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. This episode is part two of a three-part series on work ethic. What is your work ethic and does it matter? One true test of character is how you relate to being inconvenienced when the work is something you don't necessarily want to do. Your work ethic and how you do the job you're in now, or whatever's before you, have a profound effect on your ability to manifest your dreams. Most people wait until their dream job to do their best and then wonder why it never comes. It's no mystery. Keep listening to find out more. This episode is from a recent weekly member webcast for more information about the many benefits of clear and open membership and how to get more engaged in everything you do, please go to clearandopen.com. Also, I'm very excited to announce the launch of my new course, Accountability, Metrics, Money, and Shame. Get better results by living in reality. That's the name of the course. Employee disengagement is a worldwide epidemic estimated to cost nearly a half trillion dollars a year worldwide. Lack of accountability and metrics are two of the biggest reasons why. You cannot have engagement without them. In this course, we address money in a way you've likely never thought of before. Money is the metric we all live with and the reality we deal with every day. So explorations into your relationship with money will reveal powerful insights about your relationship to the boundaries of reality itself, accountability, and shame all related to engagement. For managers, if you can't feel the difference between remorse and shame, you can't manage to engage. It's that simple. When an employee does something bad, research shows that remorse creates change, whereas shame guarantees it happens again. What if you're unwittingly shaming your people, or on the other side, not ensuring they feel remorse when they mess up? How do you create metrics that show your people how they're doing and inspire them to excellence? How do you know you're tracking the right metrics so you know you're on track? This course answers all of these questions and more. It's more than just education and training. It's a transformational journey that improves every area of your life. When you complete this course, you'll have a vivid, actionable, and moving vision, along with a dashboard to hold yourself and others, if applicable, accountable to achieving it. And you'll know how to own a task, project, or job like a champion. It all kicks off on April 5th and continues for a total of 11 weeks. Sign up at clearandopen.com slash AMMS. That stands for Accountability, Metrics, Money, and Shame. clearandopen.com slash AMMS. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Let's dive into our episode today. No one wants to own a, a part of their life where they sucked? <laughs> Tanya's gonna. Tanya. <laughs> so some of my management experience came from retail previous. I but managing 
a dry cleaner was completely different than what I did there. But I actually started there when I was 16 years old and my mom had worked there. So she got me the job. So I, in my mind, thought I could do no wrong. I'll do whatever I want because my mom works here. I can't lose my job. Right. So now wait, time out. Did you consciously say that to yourself or was it unconscious? I'm curious. Oh no, I pretty much said that to myself. I oh, mean, yeah. when I was 16 when I first started. So I was a kid, you know? Yeah. Um, but I bounced back. I, I think I quit there like 10 times. It <laughs> probably it was so bad to the point that the pharmacist called me boomer because I went back and forth so many times. Like it was, <laughs> you know, I leave and come back, leave and come back. And it wasn't that I didn't like the job, it just I guess it wasn't the right job for me. It really wasn't. But I had horrible work ethic. I, you know, depended on my mom to to keep my job. And then I actually had my son really young. So I left when I was 18. And I went back when I was about 20. And I worked there for five years again. So, and even at that point, I think in those five years, I quit twice. My mom is still there. We actually just, I went there to celebrate her 40th anniversary today. So she's still there. She's (laughs) doing great. But I actually, even then I left probably two or three times again in the five years, just because I didn't get my way with certain things. It was childish. It was really childish. And I was a manager towards the end. So, and I still thought I'm not going to get my way. So I'm done. And then I was like, when I was looking for a new job, it was actually chem cleaners before Best took over. I was like, I'm not walking into a dry cleaner and applying for a job. I'm not going to do that. So, um, and now I've been doing it for nine years and I absolutely love it. But I did, I had horrible work ethic working at Kmart because just because my mom worked there and I just thought I could get away with anything. So eventually they didn't take me back. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Wow. Yeah, we all had this, we've all had this experience. Can you imagine going back into a job like that and not liking the job, not wanting to be do to, to do it one day, and still deciding to kick the job's ass anyway. Why would you do that? Right? Especially if you've got something like a union or a mother, which in many ways are the same thing, protecting you <laughs> from consequences. I the unions are fascinating. We talk a whole hour about that, um, days about that. Of course, the the original inception of unions was really important and and critical because of the abuse of power that was happening in workplaces. Um, But they've become an abuse of power themselves, unfortunately. Who regulates the regulator, you know? So uh, they've become a a symbol of mediocrity and corner cutting and, and all of that. And they get in the way of accountability. Not always, I'm sure, but uh, what I've seen. So what, what, what's, what's the right work ethic then, you know, because with the younger generations, I'm sure you've all experienced the, the kind of entitlement that, that Tanya was just owning is at an all time high in the history of the human species, it, it would seem. So it's doubtful that every single one of your employees plans on being in the cur- their current position for the rest of their lives. It's probably not the ultimate dream job for any of them. Perhaps it's not the ultimate dream job for you. So how does one relate to it? On one side of the spectrum, there's doing the absolute minimum to get by, which is, you know, doing what you would do to get fired and then just dialing it up a little bit from that 
(laughs) That's the minimum to get by. And then on the other extreme, there's working like you're Tom in a Tom Cruise action film and, you know, running full speed from task to task and, or like uh, Jack Bauer in an episode of 24. And then there's lots in between. Where's your work ethic? And does it have anything to do with the content of the work? Does it matter whether you're saving the country from a nuclear attack like Jack Bauer? I, I, I love 24. Jack Bauer is like the, the ultimate essence of work ethic. I just wish one day they would show him like going to the bathroom or like grabbing a piece of pizza. <laughs> he never eats. As a normal person. Right. Because for 24 hours, you don't see that. He, he doesn't eat. He doesn't, he, not sleeping, okay. But not, not eating or going to the bathroom. I just wish they'd show him like on his cell phone once and he's just like peeing at the side of a building. Like, <laughs> add a little realism to it. Like just hold on one sec. Just like so he could get it started. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> that would be such a great gag. Where he's like running down the street chasing someone and grabs an apple off a cart as he's going. <laughs> I don't know why they don't do those the kinds of things in movies and TV. So where, where is, is, is your work ethic and does it matter? See, if I had a kid and they were getting their first job, I would say to them, okay, this is your first job. It's at Kmart or it's at AT&T or at a dry cleaners. I said, do you want to be doing this for this job for the rest of your life? And they're going to say no. And if they don't, I'd call them on the lie. It's like, you don't want to be doing the rest of this the rest of your life. So there's the content of the work that you're doing. And some parts of it you're going to like. Most of it you're probably going to tolerate. This is your first job. Some of it you're going to hate. But the, two, the true test of a human being is how they relate to being inconvenienced, to doing things that they don't necessarily want to do. Can you engage in that work the same way you engage with something that you love? Because the problem with practice, as my Aikido teacher used to say, is that you're always doing it. You're always practicing. You're always getting better at however you're being and whatever you're doing. And if you're being lazy or doing the minimum to get by, and you tell yourself it's okay because one day you don't want to work in this job or in this place or you hate this particular task, then you get better at doing the minimum to get by everywhere else in your life because you're always practicing. And that work ethic follows you from that place to the next, to the next, to the next. If you're not in a job that you really want, then you can start working on your performance in that job that you really do want right now. But the victim employee mentality is, oh, this job, I'm in, it's okay. It's not really what I want to be doing. One day I want to have this other job and then I'll really show up. Employees fire or promote themselves, right? There's this classic sort of archetypal conversation that happens every day in the world where the manager says, I want you to take more responsibility. I want you to work harder. I want you to engage. And the employee says, I want more money. I want a better position. I want a different title. 
if I get that, then I'll engage more. Then I'll work harder. I have something to say to that. Good. Because so we don't have somebody that details our delivery stuff and we used to. We moved the detailing to the stores. So now I have all of the CSRs asking me for a raise because we gave them extra work. To us, it's not extra work. It's utilizing their downtime, right? Because they clean so much, they do whatever, but now they have delivery dropping off at the stores and now it's extra work to them and they want to be paid more. So I've explained several times that we don't see it as extra work. It's utilizing your downtime. If you're going to get a raise, it's going to be based on your overall performance, not because we actually gave you work to do that you didn't have before. So I like outside of saying that, I don't really know what else to say <laughs> to. And it's of course, you know, the holidays are coming up, so people look for raises around that time as well and asking for more money. And some of them definitely deserve it, but others know themselves that they don't. So, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's just a little frustrating there. It's mm-hmm. because it's not extra work. It's work to do while you're sitting there on your phone. So Mm-hmm. One of my about that for a frustrations with employees. Yeah, thanks for bringing that. So let's talk about that for a second. The the answer is, as is so often the case, addressing context rather than content. So in content, you're saying, well, we're just utilizing your downtime. The context is, what do you think raises are for? What do you actually think earns a raise? Do you think doing more work earns a, a change to your hourly rate? They're no. not working by the piece, right? No, no. Yet that's the thinking. You see? Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the technician mentality, the bottom rung employee technician mentality is the harder I work, the more money I should get. Like as if the business has some kind of unending supply of cash that's just <laughs> do more work. Oh, here, like it's a Santa's bag of toys. <laughs> But this bottomless amount of like, well, if people just work, you, then you get more money. You know, they don't understand how a business works and that there's a finite amount of money. Right. Sometimes people have to do more without getting the reward instantly. Right. And I mean, there's times that, you know, we had one store that got a mystery shop. So we, we do reward with incentives. They got a hundred on theirs. Like, and it was the first hundred that we've had in some time. So I, we gave them gift cards. We do reward people for things when we see that kind of stuff. But it, they just think because now they have a little bit more to do throughout the day that they should be paid more. Yes. And the question is, why do they think that? The, the answer is because of their conditioning. So they feel, they- yeah, they, because they feel entitled. <laughs> Well, it's not just, I mean, entitlements surely would contribute to that, but this is, this is common work conditioning, right? You, the, it, it's like, if you haven't been a manager, if you haven't managed a budget, if, if you don't have certain kinds of experience, it's reasonable to think that the, the business has like this huge supply of money and is just waiting to hand it out to people who earn it. Mm-hmm. You know? So like, what do performance reviews look like for these people? The performance reviews, we're actually revamping ours right now, how it works out. Performance reviews, the, like the last one I gave, I gave her the good feedback. You know, she's reliable. She's great. Always here when she's supposed to be. But then there were little things like when we're missing a piece, she just absolutely refuses to look through her whole store. 
you know, and I said, these are things that you need to work on and we'll reevaluate you in 30 days. So I just, I told her what she was doing great at. I told her what needed work. And then we would come back and do a, a reevaluation in 30 okay. days. Content and context again. So when something's missing, she's not willing to do the really hard work of looking under every stone to find it. Right. What do you want to know about that? I want to know why, because it's, I mean, she's not so busy to say, oh my God, I'm so busy. I can't look for this piece. So it's just complete refusal to do it. On what's, her what's the answer to that? Why? Because they feel like it's not their job. I think a lot of them, some of mine were like, that's not my job to do. That and some of them feel like, why should they put forth the effort? They still have a job, whether they look for it or not. They're still coming to work. They're still getting paid. Whether okay. they look for that piece or not. So there's so, two there's two pieces to this. One is they need to get that if that continues, they don't still have a job. So really quick. <laughs> sorry. I'm just taking over today. I'm sorry. To interrupt. I actually had an employee a while back and I had to let him go for another reason, but a while back actually said people around here get away with everything because they know we're shorthanded and we can't replace them. And that has been true. Right. But, mm-hmm. and it, it still does hold some truth to it because we're one person per shift per store. So it's not like we have four people there waiting. So if something goes wrong, I can't do it right away. I have to wait and go through the training process and do all of that. And I really think that some people actually do think that in the back of their minds, well, they're not going to get rid of me. There's nobody else to hire to come in. So what's the solution? And it's part of my frustration as well is everybody here thinks I'll do whatever I want because I have no repercussions or I won't get fired because there's nobody. And I'm well aware of the state of accountability at best cleaners. Yeah. (laughs) But some of that, some of that was me. And then recently, you know, I, um, I let, I kind of let people walk all over me. I've been very flexible with their schedules. Yes. I'm not, you know, and then lately in the past few weeks, I've handed out some write-ups. I've held people accountable for, you know, their attendance and stuff like that. So good. So you're changing that. So the the philosophy at at Best Cleaners, which comes directly from the the owners, Tim and Catherine, was if we're good, sweet, kind people and are flexible and caring, then of course people will rise up in responsibility and competence and do the right thing. That's the... backfired. (laughs) No, it has. It has big time. And I... I kind of carried that with me as well as I, you know, be nice, do as much as I can. And then yep. yeah, that doesn't work. I, I talked with Tim about this just yesterday. So it's, it's all in process and, and, you know, every, every individual there has their contribution to it. And, and so can, can work to change it. But the, the solution with the, anytime there's a dynamic of the employees holding the managers hostage because they have a sense true or not, that they can't be replaced. Oh man, you got to be on that like white on rice. Right. Like show them the plan you have to replace them if you have to. Hey, just want to let you know I'm working on a hiring plan, um, you know, because we don't, we don't want to depend on any single person, including myself. So we've been working on this. Here's the new recruiting ad for your position. You know, just in case you decide to leave suddenly one day, I just want you to know I've got it covered. <laughs> I mean, if it comes down to that, yeah. You're muted, Angel. I I think I'd go a step further. I would actually hire... I actually do it right now because I was going through the same situation. I actually have asked the same thing that I'm sure you guys all do. Call your inventory. Tell them to come get their stuff. 
look for your garments, tag your garments, show up on time. I mean, just <laughs> simple things that I think just come with a job that they feel is all extra. I, I sometimes feel that shy of them breathing the air inside of that room for eight hours, everything else is a la carte. I'm, it's, it's frustrating. So I think that at some point, it, for me, it turns into there's no sense in being benevolent here because it has nothing to do with our contract. And ultimately, if, if you found something better or had something better, you'd leave too. So let's just be, I think, square with each other. Mm-hmm. And what I actually did now was I hired an admin who is there specifically to replace you. And they know that. And it's under the auspices of cover your vacations. In the meantime, I'm giving them tasks and that person is occupying a space. Mm-hmm. But I would go a step further and already hire the person. And then I'd go and give that other person three days off and put that person in their place and go, this is just kind of kind of be our scheme from now on, <laughs> you know, and just let them know I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. This is done. It's a happening. We're doing it. It happened in progress before you even had a chance. This happened to you. Nice. Uh, Because, and you know what? I think ultimately, I don't know that I give a shit if you appreciate or not what I, I, ultimately I I have to keep, I have to keep this place running. I have Mm. to keep it floating. I got to keep it turning money because we do have budgets. We do have Mm. things that need to get paid. And I don't even know in the very same breath that you don't, know what it's like to run a budget i don't know that you give a shit how i run a budget so therefore why why am i gonna bog you down with things that you don't care to know anyway thanks for listening to manage to engage the clear and open podcast join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be until then know that clear and open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do Be sure to visit clearandopen.com for the latest tools, articles, and free resources to help you on your journey. Thanks for listening, and bye for now.